Today is the Sunday before Thanksgiving Day, the day that we will set aside to express our thankfulness to God, a day that we are deliberate to count our many blessings and express our gratitude to our Lord. And as, as Christians, I believe we know, I believe that as, as followers of Christ, we truly know that we are to be thankful. I think, I think we know that. The Bible tells us in Philippians that we are, we are to pray with an attitude of thankfulness, that we are to, to come and bring our petitions to him with an attitude of thankfulness. The Bible tells us very clearly in 1 Thessalonians that we're to be thankful in all things, in all situations. We're to be thankful. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift is from God. The Bible says in Psalms that we're to come into his presence with thanksgiving. Think about that. When we come into his presence, we're to, we're to do so with thanksgiving. The Bible tells us in Psalm 100 that we're to enter his gates. When we, when we come to the gates, we're to enter his gates with thanksgiving. We're to, we're to come into his courts with praise. And, and I believe we know that we are to be a thankful people. It is clear. We, of all people, are to be a thankful people. What if you're not there? What if you aren't there right now? What if, what if you are hurting right now? What if, what if you've gone through a divorce and your heart is broken? What if, what if you have lost a spouse and your spouse has died or maybe some other loved one has died and, and your heart is broken and your life is turned upside down? What if, what if this is the year that you got some terrible news? Maybe it was your kids or maybe it was somebody else in your family. Maybe this is the year that they told you that your, your cancer was back. What if, what if you're not at all where you thought you'd be in your life and some of the dreams that you once have, it seems they've gone by the wayside and you wonder what it is that you're gonna do now. What if you're not there right now? Maybe you need some help getting there this Thanksgiving 2017. Well, I want to tell you the good news is, the good news is God himself will help us. God and his word will lead us. And, and my prayer is that today as we leave this hour, we will leave it with thanksgiving in our hearts and his praise on our lips. Our message this morning is entitled, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. good. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Now we're going to look at a whole bunch of verses in Psalm 107, but this morning I want to read just the very first verse in Psalm 107. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the reverence and the honor of the reading of God's word. I want to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to ask that you would read it with me. And so we're going to read Psalm 107, the first verse, and I'm going to ask that you would read it with me. It says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let's do that again. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we're thankful. I'm thankful for you. We're thankful for Jesus Christ, our Savior, our hope, our Redeemer, our King. I'm thankful for a church where we come and where we're a part of a, a fellowship of believers where we are encouraged, where we're taught, where we're trained, where we take up your mission. 
I'm thankful for the truth of your word that you lead us and you speak to us through it. I'm thankful for this hour and the opportunity of this hour. I pray now as we begin to study your word that you would speak to us. It would be your truth, your message for your people. I pray that we would be shaped in this hour, that we would be changed in this hour. We might be refocused in this hour. I, I pray for some in this room that do not know Jesus. I pray that in the presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the preaching of your word that they might be saved this morning. Lord, we pray that in all these things you, might, you would be lifted up, exalted, glorified, and thanked. We love you. We praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. This morning I'm going to start off and read the first 32 verses of Psalm 107. It's a, a lengthy set of verses. I'm going to read that and then we'll go back and we'll look at those verses. So I'm going to ask that you would follow along as I read again these 32 verses starting here in verse 1 of Psalm 107. It says this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary and gathered from the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them out of their distresses. He led them also by a straight way to an inhabited city. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul and the hungry soul he is filled with what is good. Then there were those who dwelled in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery and chains because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bands apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has shattered gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. Fools, because of their rebellious way and because of their iniquities were afflicted. Their soul abhorred all kinds of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. Those who go down to the sea in ships who do business on great waters. They have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he spoke and raised up a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens and they went down to the depths. Their soul melted away in their misery. They reeled and staggered like a drunken man and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He brought them out of their distresses. He caused the storm to be still so that the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. 
Let them extol him also in the congregation of the people and praise him at the seat of the elders. To set the context, this psalm, this Hebrew song was written at the end of Israel's Babylonian exile. Cyrus, the Persian king, had made the decree after 70 years of captivity that they were free to go, that they were free to go home. And interesting thing, after living in exile, after living in Babylon, most of them stayed there. After being set free, after being freed, most of them, they have become so used to that way of life, they have become so enamored with the pagan world, that pagan system, that most of them stayed there. It was years later that Ezra, the scribe, led the second group back to Jerusalem. Well, this psalm was written to the first group. Again, most of them stay there, but this group that leaves, this psalm, 107, is written for this first group. Now, before we break it down, I want to point out a pattern here in Psalm 107. It was a a pattern that they lived out. It was a pattern that they included in this song that they would remember, and it's a pattern for us to see today as well. So again, here in Psalm 107, notice this pattern. The pattern is this. Our God is good. Our God hears the cries of his people. Our God is merciful. Our God acts for the salvation of his people and we are to praise that God. We are to worship our God. In this psalm, there is the retelling of four events. The retelling of these four events gives us this pattern that I just gave to you. Now, listen to these verses, verses six and verse eight. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble He delivered them out of their distresses. Then verse eight, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Then listen to verses 13 and 15. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. Verse 15, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Then look at verses 19 and verses 21. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. Verse 21, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. And then last, looking at verse 28 and verse 31. Verse 28, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them out of their distresses. Verse 31, let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the son of men. Again, in these four accounts here in Psalm 107, see the pattern again. The pattern is this. Our God is good. Our God hears the cries of his people. Our God is merciful. Our God acts for the salvation of his people. And we are to praise that God. So we are to worship our God. That is the pattern. Now let's look at the verses beginning now in the first verse. First verse says this. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his loving kindness 
is everlasting. Really, verse one is the key. It is the center to our message today. The psalmist, the songwriter sings out and he says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Now, think about this if if you will. What can we give God? You ever thought about that? What, What can we give God? He doesn't need our money. He created everything. He owns everything. He doesn't need our money. And that may be a surprise to some of us. He doesn't need our service. He's all powerful. He can do whatever he wants to do when he wants to do it. He doesn't need our service. He doesn't need our insight. Sometimes we think, well, I have to help him along. I have to tell him how this goes. I want to tell you, he's infinitely wise. He possesses all wisdom. He doesn't need our insight. He doesn't need anything from you, and he doesn't need anything from me. But God says, I can give him my thanks. Now, how how tremendous is that? How awesome is that? He wants our praises. He wants our worship. He wants our thankfulness to be expressed to him. Our God, the holy creator God of the universe, I can give him my thanks. That's what I can give him. I can give him my thanks. How tremendous is that? We can give God our thanks. Now, why are we thankful? The Bible says, for he is good. For he is good. Listen, our God is good. We serve a good God. We have a good God. Now, the, the word good here in the Hebrew is a very a deep word. It has, has a very deep understanding. It means this. Excellent. Ethical. Right. Righteous. Virtuous. It, it literally means good, not bad, not evil. He is good. Now, my favorite expression of good is the word kind. Kind. It means benevolent in disposition. It means gentle, affectionate. Thank God that he is good. Our God is good. Do you understand that? Our God is good. Then the songwriter tells us the expression of his goodness. For he is good, and then here's the expression of his goodness. For his loving kindness is everlasting. For his loving kindness is everlasting. Now, loving kindness, see the depth of this. It is a wedding. It is a merging of love and kindness. It is love that is used to describe the type of kindness. This kindness is motivated by love. It is loving kindness. And so it is loving and kindness that is expressed. It translates mercy. See this. His mercy to men is rooted in his loving kindness that is shown as mercy. His loving kindness to men is shown as mercy. Now, how awesome is that? He is a God that has great love and great great kindness, and it's expressed to men in mercy. Then it says this. His mercy, his loving kindness, his mercy is everlasting. It's everlasting. In Hebrew, it is a duration that does not end. 
it does not cease. In this context, it means that it does not run out. Now understand the flow here. Our God is good and the goodness is expressed in his loving kindness and his loving kindness is expressed to men through mercy. And then the Bible says, and his mercy does not run out. Listen to how Jeremiah puts it in Lamentations. And maybe you'll recognize this. Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 and 23, it says this. The Lord's loving kindnesses, the Lord's mercies, indeed never cease. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Friends, see the picture today. Our God is good. He is absolutely good. He is totally good. And in his goodness, he shows us loving kindness. And to people, he shows us his loving kindness as mercy, and his mercy does not run out. And where we had his mercy yesterday, we have his mercy today, and we can trust in his mercy tomorrow, not because we've earned it, not because we deserve it, but because he is good and he's faithful in his goodness. Our response to that is to praise him. Our response to that is to join this chorus. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy is everlasting. Listen to me, that's our God. That's our response to him. You might say, well, my diagnosis is bad. He's got mercy for that. You might say, well, my situation, there's no hope. Have you seen my my situation? There's no hope. He's got mercy for that. You might say, well, my heart's broken. My, My heart's so broken. Listen, he's got mercy for that, and it does not end. Praise God for that this Thanksgiving. Now, very quickly, we're not gonna go crazy deep, but very quickly, I want to show you three situations where God shows us mercy. I want to show you three situations where in his goodness, in his everlasting loving kindness, he shows us mercy. Now, I'm going to use the verses backwards. I'm going to go through it backwards. I'm going to move with the verses and then move back up through them. And you may say, well, why are you doing that? And I'll just tell you it's because I'm the preacher and I want to do it like that. But I want to show you God and his mercy, God and his loving kindness, why we're thankful to him, where he's merciful in these three situations. First is this. Listen very carefully. This is awesome. We are thankful. We give thanks to the Lord, number one, because God shows us mercy in the storms of life. Be sure and hear that. We are thankful we give thanks to the Lord because God shows us mercy in the storms of life. Listen to verses 23 through 30 as I read them again. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they have seen the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he spoke and raised up a stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They rose up to the heavens. They went down to the depths. Their soul melted away in their misery. They reeled and staggered like a drunken man, and they were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distresses. 
He caused the storm to be still so that the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad because they were quiet. So he guided them to their desired haven. I want you to see the picture of this right here. They, they go out here on their ship. Now, it says they're not on a pleasure cruise. They're not out there for fun. They're at work. They're taking care of business. They're doing what they ought to be doing. They are found at work. And so they're on this ship and they go to work and a storm comes. And the Bible says the waves go up to heaven and the, the waves go down to the depths. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen high waves, but these waves go up to the heaven and they, they go down to the depths. It is a terrible storm that has come upon them. It is a wild storm that they find themselves in. And they're in peril and they're, they're in danger and their ship is tossed around and they're, they're not sure if they're gonna make it and up they go and, and down to the depths they go and the Bible says their souls melt away. They are consumed in fear. And they're being tossed over here. And then they're being thrown over there. And the, the worst part of it is they have no control. There's nothing they can do about any of it. They're out of control. Verse 27 says they're at their wits end. Their minds end. Their logical end. What that means is they can't see any way out of it. They're looking at their ship and they're looking at the waves and the storm is terrible and they can't see any way out of it. Verse 28 says, and they call out, they cry out, and he brought them out of their distresses. Sometimes we end up in storms and it's because of nothing we did. It's because of nothing we did to bring it on. We didn't bring it on. And it's just, it's one of the storms of life and it hits unexpectedly. And we didn't do anything to cause it, but here we are and we find ourselves in the storm and we are at our wits end. We can see no way out. And the psalmist says here that in those situations, we can count on God's mercy in those storms. His mercies do not cease, they are new every morning. Now when I slowed down and read that a couple times, what that means is this. Listen to me. However hard that it was, however tough that it was, however long that it was, one day you're gonna wake up, one day we're gonna wake up and the storm will have passed. It'll be calm again. It'll be still again. The sun will come out again. He gives us mercy in the storms of life. Maybe you're here today and you're in one of those storms. And I want to tell you the promise of God, the promise from God's word is this. He's not going to leave you in it. He's not going to forsake you in it. His mercy will not end and he's with us. His mercy is for us in the storms of life. We have that promise. Second, we are thankful, we give thanks to the Lord because he shows us mercy for the sin in our lives. Because he shows us mercy for the sin in our lives. Now this is so big, try to, try to see this. Beginning there in verse 10, it says this. And there were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death, prisoners in misery, 
and chains. They're in bad places. When we find them today, they're near death. Verse 11. Because, this is why, because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Verse 12 says that because of that, they stumbled and there was no one to help. Jump down to verse 17. Fools, because of their rebellious way and because of their iniquities were afflicted. Verse 18, their soul abhorred all kinds of food and they drew near to the gates of death. Listen to me this morning, hear this. Some of the time, in fact, I'll just tell you, I believe a lot of the time, the troubles that we are facing, the messes that we are in are of our own doing. Nobody wants to say that anymore. No one can sell any books by saying that anymore. But I want to tell you, a lot of the time, I'm going to tell you most of the time, the troubles that we are in are because of our own doing. And we go around and say, well, it's got to be the enemy. It's got to be the world. It's got to be somebody else. Most of the time, the problems we find ourselves in are because of our sins. Because, verse 11, we rebelled against the words of God. He, he said, do this, and we said, no. He said, this is the best way. This is the way that, that's gonna prosper you. This is the way to go. And we said, you know what? I think I know better. Or maybe more than that, we just rebelled. We didn't listen. We, did, we didn't care to listen. We just turned against him, and we rebelled. And because of that, whatever the reason is, we now find ourselves in distress. And the Bible says, when it describes it, this person in this distress, because of the, the guilt of that and the shame of that and the problems that come out of that, they can't eat. Their stomach's in knots, and they're crushed, and they're in misery, they're in distress. Sins always have consequence, and all oh, the regret of it all. But you hear me today, you listen to me this morning. God shows mercy in those times. Did you hear me? God shows mercy in those times. In verses 13 and verses 19, it says, they cried out. They made foolish decisions. It was because of their sins, but they cried out. And he healed them and he delivered them and he brought them out of darkness, the Bible says. Maybe you're here today and you're suffering because of the mess you've made and you're suffering because of the sin that you have committed. And I want you to listen to me this morning. I want you to hear me very well. The good news is this. God's mercy is for you and his mercy doesn't run out. And if you'll cry out and if you'll repent and if you'll seek forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9 says that he'll forgive you and he'll cleanse you, he'll wash you and he'll restore you. Luke chapter 15 says that he receives you back as if you never left like it never happened. Yes, there are consequences for sin and he's gonna walk with you through those and maybe it'll never be like it once was but I wanna tell you, brother, it'll be better than it ought to be and praise God for his mercy, for the sin in our lives, for sinful people and it's new every day. Praise God. Third thing, we're thankful. We give thanks because God shows us mercy in the storms of life. We're thankful because he shows us mercy for the sin in our life. We're thankful and we tell him thanks for the salvation of our life.
Look at verse two. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the adversary. Now in context, think about this there in, they're there and they're exiled and they're in captivity and, and Daniel enters into that situation. Daniel prays and Cyrus lets them go. Listen to verse four. And then they wandered in the wilderness in a desert region and they could not find a way to an inhabited city. They were lost. They were wandering around. They're lost here. Listen to verse five. And they were hungry and thirsty their soul fainted within them. They, they were hungry and they were thirsty and their souls had fainted within them. Listen to verse six. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he delivered them out of their distresses. Listen to verse six. And they cried out to God, oh God, we're lost. Oh God, we can't make our way. Oh God, we have no direction. Oh God, we have no provision. Oh God, we have no hope. Our hope has run out. And he delivered them. He saved them. These people They go back to Jerusalem and they find the city of God. They find the city of David in ruins. They come back and it's been destroyed. It's been looted. They come back to their beloved city and it's laying there in ruins. And these people, they began to worship God. The temple was gone and so they built an altar and they began to worship God and they began to sing songs. They began to sing this song. And there in that city over the ruins, there over the sadness of the broken down walls, they began to thank God. And again, the praises of God began to echo out over the ruins and over the broken down walls of the city. And where they come and they find it in disgust and they find it in despair and they find it so sad, there the praises of God begin to be sung again and they echo over the sadness of the broken down walls. And these people, they build, they lay the foundation for the new temple. These people, they began to lay the foundation for the new temple. In worship, they began to lay this foundation. It's a foundation where one day some parents would walk and they would walk in carrying a baby. And having passed the eighth day in the period of his cleansing and having named him Jesus, they would present him to the Lord and offer a sacrifice of two young pigeons. And there on this foundation, Simeon and Anna would greet their Savior, Jesus. And out of their praises and on this foundation, Jesus would hail as the Savior of the world. You see, the entire picture, all of it, is about Jesus. God's mercy in the storms of life, that's Jesus. God's mercy for sin and for sinners, that's Jesus. God's mercy for salvation is in Jesus. And God is good, that's who he is. And God hears the cries of his people. They're stuck in their sin. They're ruined in their sin. And God is merciful and his loving kindness prevails and God acts for the salvation of his people and he acts in the person of Jesus and God is faithful through Jesus and his mercy is shown through Jesus and it's new and it's everlasting and it's eternal and it's in the person of Jesus. And so we sing out this Thanksgiving 
Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy is everlasting. But now we sing it to Jesus. What do we have to be thankful for this year? Jesus. To whom shall we cling in a messed up world, in a tough life? Jesus. Our hope is Jesus. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good and his mercy is everlasting. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come right now. We come with hearts that swell up in gratitude. We're thankful that for the storms of life, you show us mercy. I'm thankful for that, but I'm more thankful that in the sins of life, you show us mercy through Jesus Christ. And if we'll confess and repent that you forgive us, that you wash us, that you restore us, I'm thankful for your mercy in the sin of life. Most of all, I'm thankful for the mercy you've shown in the salvation that we possess by faith in Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the mercy that we have in Jesus. We couldn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. In fact, we turned from it. And yet in your great grace and your loving kindness, you give us a Savior, Jesus. I thank you for that. I pray, Lord, as we begin to conclude this service, I pray that your word would lead us. I pray that your word would convict us. I pray for us here as followers of Christ that that we would truly be a thankful person, not for things that won't last, but for a salvation and a grace through the cross of Calvary. I pray for some that do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I pray that in this hour, in this service, They'd put their faith in our Savior, our Lord. I ask that you'd freely move. I ask that you would remove anything that would hinder our response to you. And I pray that in the the response of this invitation, that you'd be greatly glorified. Lord, we love you. We praise you and we thank you and we worship you. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.